I'm David. And I'm Courtney. And welcome to Room to Room, a podcast about parenthood and relationships. And all the shit in between. All right, and we are back. And we are super excited to have our guests, um, Emily Swindeman and Cassie Swayze here um, to chat about postpartum. Yeah, we're going to get into all of the, the aftermath of what we talked about from our, uh, you know, our previous episodes about labor and really trying to get into what happens next. Yeah, because shit is kind of wild. Definitely. So <laughs> before we do that, let's go ahead and do just a couple introductions for our guests. Emily, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so my name's Emily. Um, I was on the Lost podcast, so thanks for having me back. Um, my daughter's name is Charlotte. And uh, she just turned seven months yesterday, so I have been in the postpartum world for seven months now. Uh, thanks for having me. Nice. Yes, thank you for being here. Cassie, what about you? So, my name is Cassie. I have not been on the podcast yet, but I have been an avid listener and supporter. Um, I have a little boy. His name is Rogue, and he is about six and a half months old, so I'm in, in a similar spot as Emily. He's my first two, so I have that um, to relate to you guys. And yeah, it's a whole new adventure with everything for sure. Definitely, all new adventures in the room here. And as always, David's going to help give us, you know, that that great perspective as the support person. Especially, I think that comes into play with postpartum because all of our people who we live with or who are surrounding us, they're in the shit with us. So yeah. we want to make sure that's brought up for sure. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the what the fuck is happening. Pretty much all ugly. So we'll, we'll start it off with just um, kind of our broad question of how do y'all define postpartum? Um, I sort of define it as the time after giving birth. Um, from birth on, I guess, or I guess the birthing process on. Um, yeah, and it never ends. <laughs> <laughs> Ongoing, definitely. It's a gift yeah, that similarly, I, I see it that way as well. You know, after you give birth, um, all the time following pregnancy, that time doesn't ever really end because socially, emotionally, mentally, physically, you're different for the rest of your life. So. Um, you go through all these different stages, but I don't think there's really an end to it for sure. Yeah, there's definitely probably a more intense part of it, but I think it it does oh, yeah. it is ongoing. Yeah, and we kind of polled our um, Instagram friends uh, just to kind of see what everyone what they thought um, about postpartum and when it ends and how they define it. And forty three percent of of the people said that it's a period of time after giving birth. Um, and 37% of, of them said that it is life after being pregnant. Um, and 7% said that, uh, physical health changes, um, define kind of when that starts, that defines postpartum. And that's interesting because there's, everyone is different and there's so many different, I guess, individual experiences. And so I definitely could see how that would be a way that someone defines postpartum of when, um, how they define that. Cause I know my friend said it ends. I had a couple people that said, said that it ends once um, once they stop breastfeeding. And so that was interesting because I was like, oh, wait, I don't get it. But you think about what happens during that time, like I'm guessing all the different, you know, different chemicals and um, just all the things that happen in the body during breastfeeding. Um, and once that stops, your body kind of sometimes then kind of balances out. 
Yeah, I had somebody similarly say, like, it's different for everyone when your hormones regulate, kind of, when it ends. Um, like, everyone's hormones regulation is different. So, I think yeah. that how you define it also comes with how you define how it ends, right? Like, mm -hmm. and if it ever does. I think for me, too, it's like, there's a physical aspect of postpartum, there's a mental health aspect, there's a societal aspect, like, there's all these different... Mm. Uh, definitions I feel like that are on it that then you can kind of maybe pick and choose which one I don't know just yeah and like societally it never ends right right like you are yeah. postpartum once you were pregnant mm -hmm. like that is where mm -hmm. you live mm -hmm. yep how about you Cassie what are your thoughts I mean I I fully agree with what Emily said is there are these different kind of categories of it and they all have their own meaning and timelines that are all completely different from person to person which mm -hmm. is why like I said, I feel like it doesn't ever end. Um, you're experiencing one aspect of it um, for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and, um. <laughs> and you're right, because like 79% um, of our of our folks said that postpartum never ends. So um, they're all in kind of consensus of like, yeah, this shit is a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The and breastfeeding um, insight is interesting to me, though, because I do think about what about those that don't breastfeed? Mm. Um, I wonder what the difference is in hormone regulation between breastfeeding mothers and non-breastfeeding mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. birthing people, I should say. I, I said something similar to David the other day because I was reading about how when you breastfeed, you're constantly releasing oxytocin, natural oxytocin mm -hmm. that your body produces because of the nipple stimulation. And so if you're not pumping or breastfeeding and you know formula was the way you chose to go which is totally fine i wonder how the mental health of that person is because oxytocin is like a natural upper you know mm -hmm. so i wonder how people who can't or don't breastfeed or don't pump how that kind of impacts them as well oh that's a good point yeah well and some people have kind of an opposite reaction to that burst of hormone that you get when you are breastfeeding mm -hmm. so like when i started breastfeeding i would anytime he would feed i would have this like impending sense of doom Oh. And um, there's a word for it. I can't remember it now because now it feels like ages and ages ago that I went through that. But some people stop breastfeeding because of that feeling. So it's like, I don't know. I yeah. think it's all postpartum. All of it is encompassed, whether breastfeeding or not, for sure. But the hormone differences are wild. I don't understand them. And I think literally, too, your brain as the birthing person, like your brain rewires itself because you are now like making this child you know live and survive and so your brain like shrinks during pregnancy and then completely rewires itself and like that does you your brain rewiring is like a lifelong change um so i could consider that as postpartum as well yeah it's wild because that like makes me think of um this i don't know who i was talking to about this but when someone experiences trauma um mentally and kind of cognitively they their brain stops where it's at where that development's at um, until you kind of get through that trauma and they continue to grow and learn um, and the same thing happens around when you are when you have a child when you birth a child um, is that because of that trauma you're going through um, when you then become a parent your developmental age or kind of where you're at you stop at that point too mm -hmm. and so um, it's just so interesting depending on where you're at all the experiences that you maybe had um, as you were developing, if it was early on, if you're younger or if you're older, um, you kind of stop at the developmental stage or age that you're at. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Like, it okay, definitely so, makes sense to compare it to trauma. I will say that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you had the most beautiful birth experience, it is a, a yeah. just traumatizing to your body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so kind of going, I guess, along the lines of just like all the different physical things that you experience, there's so many things that you experience during postpartum. And I'm, I'm curious kind of what are like some of the physical um, things that you've experienced in postpartum that you've noticed for yourself that maybe some, yeah. I mean, there's a long list. So <laughs> I like for me, it's like hair loss was huge. I like clumps would come out at a time. That was scary. I know <laughs> I'm sure other women have experienced that as well. Yeah. Um, downstairs looked very different. Um, still does. Um, traumatized a little bit from that experience. Um, hemorrhoids came at like three months, like three Wait, months post. What are, what are hemorrhoids? Hemorrho- <laughs> hemorrhoids are like, um, a swelling of, like your veins in your rectum yep. mm-hmm. and so then when you like str- you're straining or whatever and I'm thinking like oh I took my stool softeners put like a few weeks postpartum I'm good no those things mm-hmm. came with a vengeance I mean I couldn't swelling. even sit and mine came in yeah. late too like I think I just got through them but they were at like eight seven eight weeks and yeah. I was like sitting See, hurt <laughs> I had mine right away, and mine were all internal, and they lasted for four months. <gasps> Good oh, God. And, what did you do? Uh, I w- had, like, a genuine fear of using the restroom. Oh. Uh, tears were occasionally involved. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it, I mean, it feels like you're shitting knives. It's like that. I had such a hard time with that. And, like, there's really not a treatment for it. No. There are ways you can make it more comfortable, but you can't. Unless it gets really bad, I heard there's some sort of surgery, which there were some late night Googling where I was considering that, but it's like, it's not glamorous. (laughs) Well, and what's crazy too, things like my doctor told me that, um, cause I was like really stressed out about this painful pooping. I was like, I love to poop. It's a great relief. (laughs) It's relaxing, but this is no longer fun. And she was like, I hate to break it to you, but you are breastfeeding. And breastfeeding dehydrates you. And so, and I'm a great water drinker. Anybody who knows me who's listening to this podcast knows I always have my, like, large water jug, Mm -hmm. multiple different beverages that are hydrating beverages with me, always. But she was like, there's nothing you can do. Your poops are going to be hard because you're breastfeeding. And I was like, that is the most fucked up (laughs) shit I've ever heard in my entire life. You are doomed. Yeah, I was like, so what, I have to choose between, like, breastfeeding my child which she likes to do and she's doing fine and I'm doing fine with it or like have terrible poops <laughs> like really that's my choice and she's like worst nightmare yeah I, she was like yeah I'm really sorry and I was like cool cool great love this for me well, isn't, isn't like also uh, I don't know if yeah you told me this um that when you breastfeed like the nutrients that is pulled to, for the breast milk the fatty tissues and all that stuff is pulled from your ass and so mm-hmm. as you're breastfeeding it's pulling all those nutrients from your gluteus maximus is the from my money maker is the is the better term <laughs> from why i um, got you yeah you're gonna leave me now i had your kid and you're about to you're about to leave that's what you're telling me i know no no babe your ass is fine and i love you for who you are um you're providing nutrients for his daughter exactly. it's okay oh yeah goodness. but like come two years later he's like you haven't been working on that like you're gonna bring it back or what but it's wild because yeah it pulls from like 
like your breast milk pulls nutrients from your ass, and so your and ass your bones gets, and your bones. What? So your bones Literally, get, your cal- like your bones provide the calcium in your breast milk for your baby. So, as a breastfeeding person, could you break bones easier? I mean, I would think your bone density, yeah, would decrease slightly. Shit, that sucks. Yeah. So well, not I'm only not are you getting fine. a flat ass, but right, you're so more Cassie, susceptible. Cassie, to you said you're not breastfeeding, right? So what are you doing? Tell me your ways. I, no, I am breastfeeding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. I am. I just had a really hard time with it in the beginning because it didn't, that like surge of oxytocin was not a happy time for me. It was like he would latch on and I would just have this impending sense of like everything in my life is about to go really bad. Something terrible is going to happen. It made me sick. So it was not like a fun, beautiful journey for me until like very recently. But now I am breastfeeding. I feel very lucky to be able to because I know not everyone can, but yeah, and to be able to push, still. I mean, persevere. Yeah, yeah, persevere through yeah. that. Like, that's amazing. When yeah. you said that, I was like, oh, shit, I would have dipped out. I would have been like, yep, we're done. Absolutely well, not. Well, even a simple, like, I had a blister on one of my nipples. post, And I was like, oh, done. Screw it. Throw in the towel. <laughs> Give her a bottle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. so painful. I can't even. But we recovered. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. If you talked to me, like, when I was where you're at postpartum, Courtney, and said, you're still going to be breastfeeding at six months, I would have said the fuck I'm not because I was like every day I was done in fact for like a week or two there I didn't breastfeed we switched to formula for like a week or two because I was like I can't do it um but then we got back on it and yeah now it's a much easier journey now but we didn't have it was not linear by any means yeah did you see like a lactation consultant or anyone to kind of manage that or was it just something you guys powered through on your own um, I just powered through it. I had a hard time leaving the house. So, I, I mean, the lactation people called me a lot to try and get me to come out. But You're like, nah. Come um, visit my house. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in my cave. I don't know how to leave with this thing and keep it alive outside of my front door. So, I will stay right here. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, no. No, I, I think maybe that would have made my journey a little better if I got professionals involved. But, you know, I've got TikTok. I've got Google. I knew what I was doing. And, like, realistically, what can they do for, like, that? If there was nothing, like, physiologically, right, he was latching, all these things, like, what could they do for yeah. that, That just that overwhelming sense you were getting, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, nothing. So, just powered through. <laughs> I know one of the things that was wild um, was that first, like, week after um, you came back from the hospital is, like, your feet were just super swollen. You, you, didn't, you didn't experience that at all throughout the pregnancy, but as soon as you gave birth, like... Boom, your feet were like... Yeah, there was this weird... You look like goofy. Postpartum swelling, I guess, is a thing. <laughs> you asked. I was so confused because I hadn't experienced it the whole pregnancy. I was like, what? And, and I mean, like, putting one foot on top of the other would leave a huge indent of my other foot pattern. I was like, what is going on? Did your feet go back to their normal size? Like, can you fit in all your postpartum shoes? Yes. Because some people, their, their feet stayed bigger forever yes Um, but my feet didn't grow during pregnancy so I was in all my shoes fine during pregnancy but also I was reading about this the other day the your feet don't actually grow they flatten okay so the relaxin causes like your arches to like your feet to be less arched and so they flatten down and I don't know if anyone's looked at my feet but I have really high arches so my feet even if I did lose some arch didn't really you're still pretty archy yeah 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're still good. Yeah. So, still still rocking my typical size, which I'm thankful for. What about you, Cassie? Yeah. Did you change sizes? 
No, thankfully I I didn't, but I, I did have uh, swelling in pregnancy and it also experienced kind of the blow up afterward. Um, I had gestational hypertension. Mm-hmm. So um, it took a while for me to fit into my shoes. Like I have those rubbery Birkenstock sandals and my feet looked so disgusting in those for the end of pregnancy <laughs> just like bulging out of all the sides so I was worried and I already have big feet I'm 5'11 so I was worried I was going to be you know up there in shoe size but no I fit in everything now shoe size wise <laughs> is there any other physical things that you feel like are especially for our listeners that are maybe um expecting or thinking about moving towards uh trying um that they should be aware of yeah i things. mean your boobs your nipples your hips might be wider stretch marks um, on your breasts as well marks. like i wasn't expecting so many stretch marks on my breasts and mm-hmm. like i think from breastfeeding that's really changed things all the boob things yeah i would agree i mean i just as much as i enjoy breastfeeding and she enjoys it i just was not expecting like the pain when i shower like your nipples just aren't used to being I mean, unless they are, no judgment. My nipples were not used to being sucked on that regularly. And so I just, the pain, like, in getting used to that sensitivity is a lot, okay? Like, I mean, we're talking yeah. 8 to 12 times a day in the first two weeks, okay? Like, that is every two Some hours. Every a, two hours. Some like, call that a party. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) like that is a lot and so like showers are still not enjoyable for me quite yet like my nipples are definitely still sensitive and trying to find what works for you like clothes rubbing up against your nipples isn't really fun and like it's a whole it's a whole thing well and you're such a like a a non-bra wearer too how have you been with that with absolutely i i love to go commando um both realms and so it's just been a whole process like why do i have to have more clothes on and so Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had all the nursing pads sitting by my bedside and I was like, well, those are, I wonder what those are. And I didn't start using them till like four weeks postpartum. And I was like, oh, that's what those are for. Like, yes, to catch you <laughs> leaking, but it's also another barrier between your clothes. Yeah. So I've been appreciative of that. And then, yeah, I'm bralette is kind of my game. I'm, I don't know who yeah. invented underwire bras. I'm pretty sure it was a dude and I don't wear those, so, um, you know, it's just been a process for sure on the, the northern region for me. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think of, like, downstairs, too. I took a mirror, and I will never do that again because I was, yeah, the trauma there. Did you do it, like, by your own, like, you're like, I just want to know, or? I was like, oh, my six-week appointment's coming up, so I'm going to be checked out, and I was like, I'd like to know what I'm heading in for. What are they going to see? Yeah, and then I legit asked her, I was like, is this normal? Because I I legit am fearing that what you're seeing right now, what I have seen, is not normal. <laughs> and she goes, <laughs> and my midwife, she's like, no, no, like, you, like, it's all normal, you know, you're fine. And I'm like, are you serious? Because this, I feel so certain this is not normal <laughs> i was told intervention is needed <laughs> i was told to do one like ch- do a check weekly just in case anything went wrong down there and so i you know how are been... you gonna know if anything looks that's wrong. what i'm You're saying first of all i wasn't regularly taking mirrors down there before <laughs> i was like <laughs> I, I just okay, figured it looked how it cool like yeah I just figured it looked how it was supposed to so then I was doing it weekly after giving birth and I was like 
this is bad. Like <laughs> something happened down here. Like I think I equated it to a volcano erupting to David. And I was like, and someone tried to stitch back the volcano and it didn't work. Like it's, hey, it's nature. Yeah, I, I guess so. And nature is scary. Yeah. I'm trying to manage my uncomfortability uncomfort- uh, <laughs> with this conversation with you all talking about your... your Cassie, uh, did you take a mirror? Um, I have looked, and I hate to brag, but I actually like what mine looks like better now than I did before. I so, love this. Yes. Was, was there a period... I interject too much, but... Yeah. Was there a period of time where you started to like it more? Like, maybe I'll get there. No, like, right away, I was like, oh, this is better looking. Um, not that I had like a messed up mix up downstairs at any point, but I just, I, I appreciated like the outer swelling. I thought that made me look cuter. It's horrible now. Oh my God. I love it. Wow. Maybe I'll just ask, I'll ask for feedback from someone who's seen it more regularly. See if they think it's cuter. Maybe I'll do that. All I know is, is that if anyone calls me a pussy, I graciously mm-hmm. accept that <laughs> because oh I'm <laughs> to be called. It's strong. Yep. It is. It. It. I mean, I can't resilient. Even, yeah, resilient. I usually tell the men in my life when I hear because you know men they like to they call each other that is what when no, I hear don't the term. Generalize, though. Not all men, sure. but I will say I've heard men in my life one sitting in this room who has used it at least once in my presence. Towards other men. They don't ever call a woman that, let's be clear. But they like to call yeah. each other that. And I regularly, and I know I did this with my roommate once when we had a roommate. I love him to death. And I'm pretty sure if he listens to this, he will know that I called him out and said this. But he said it once about like somebody on the screen. And I was like, oh, what do you mean by that? Do you mean that that person is strong, can take a hit, and comes back for more each time? Like, I'm really confused what you mean by that. And he never said it again, I don't think. He was like, I'm done, actually. Education We are not the heroes here, it's our pussies. Yeah. Oh, well... yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, with with that, obviously, a lot of physical things um, kind of can happen to your body. But, like, let's talk about, like, the you know, some of the other things that happen, too. We asked um, kind of our Facebook people or Instagram people, what were some of the hard, hardest parts of postpartum? Mm-hmm. Um, only 9% actually said the physical health and recovery. Um, 48%, you know, said mental health. And 34% said sleep. And then 9% <laughs> said feeding. And so I'm curious, you know, as... We talk about the physical health, kind of moving to like the mental health aspect of things. Mm-hmm. How has things been um, in regards to you know postpartum depression, anxiety? Those things are n- normal experiences that um, occur. Um, you know, one in eight uh, women report symptoms of depression after giving birth. You know, that's a report from the CDC. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious for you all, what has it been like for you all mentally? I'm taking in that statistic. Sorry. Um, I can jump in. Uh, I am someone who was diagnosed and medicated for depression prior to pregnancy. So it's something I was really afraid of. And when I initially had my son, I felt like I was kind of like standing in front of a car waiting for it to hit me because I was like, this is I know I need to prepare for this like mentally. Um, And it didn't until it mine was really like late onset. I mean, not really, probably statistically it happens a lot, but probably about three months or so is when it hit me. So I was not prepared at that point. I thought I had gotten out scot-free, but 
Um, it's yeah, you don't you don't realize what it is necessarily when it's happening because they ask you a lot of questions like, do you find yourself worrying for no reason a lot? And I'm like, no, I have lots of reasons to worry. I mean, look at this little thing mm-hmm. I just shot out of me. Like, I, yeah. like I don't think it's for no reason. Like, you're telling me it's for no reason that I'm watching him breathe for 17 hours straight. That, I mean, there's a reason for that. <laughs> so, I definitely struggled with the um, anxiety portion for sure mm-hmm. until I got back on my medication. So, um, and it doesn't always happen right after. So, you're you're not really ready for it if it hits. Wow. That makes me, one of the things that, uh, you said that sparked for me is just the, the watching, making sure that your child's breathing when they're on you and you just saw them move. And then you're like, wait, are they breathing? I think of just like often Uh many times, you know, that me and Courtney are laying together and Rome is laying on top of her or it's like, we put her in the bassinet and it's like, do you think she's breathing? Is she breathing? And I'm, and my response isn't always like the most like supportive. I'm like, what the fuck do you think? You, she's laying on you. She just moved. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> I was gonna say, as the person who didn't birth her, do you feel like you also experience that? Because that has not been my experience. I feel like I'm the only one that is hyper fixated on that. And like, I'll ask my partner, hey, is he? Can you go look at him in his crib? Is he breathing? And he'll walk in there real fast and come out and be like, yeah, he's breathing. I'm like, did you look? Did you see his chest rising? Did you hear him breathing, or did you just? assume and i feel like i look like a crazy person literally as you said that both emily and courtney were like oh no 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 we experienced that too (laughs) and so i'll let them kind of share like obviously uh their experience too and i can kind of share mine as a support person yeah i think i'm still early in my postpartum journey so i i don't think i've experienced necessarily like as many depressive symptoms but i'm already like a pretty baseline anxious person Um, but the anxiety is definitely heightened more at times. Um, yeah, just right. Like thinking if she's breathing, am I, am I developing her brain enough? And is she eating enough? Is she gaining weight? I mean, there's like constant things I'm stressing about. So I think that that is something I have been experiencing, but yeah, still really early and definitely, I mean, as my lovely partner just said, he's like, of course she's breathing. She's fine. Like it's, I mean, I feel like I definitely stress more and maybe that's because she was inside of me. And I, Mm -hmm. as much as I was stressed out when she was inside of me because of our history of having a miscarriage. And I was like, I don't know if she's doing okay. I don't know. And, but once she started moving regularly when she was in utero, I was like, I constantly know that she's okay. And I'm her protector. She's like got all of this like skin and fat and like my body around her. And now she doesn't like she is outside of that. And there's things that can hurt her. I mean, her two-year-old cousin, bless his heart. We love him so much. Accidentally threw a toy on her head this week. (laughs) So like, you know, there's just like things that I'm like, oh no. And then I'm like stressed if she has a concussion, which I'm like, I don't even know if infants can get concussions. Like, I don't know how this works. Like, so that's kind of been my mental experience recently, but I'm sure ask me in six months and it could change. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think the mental load of it all is just, it's a lot. The, the, all the constant questioning, the Googling, the, I mean, Google is like, friend or foe i don't know yep. quite yet <laughs> it's both it's both yeah your friend but they also talk shit behind your back <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just it's the mental load all the all you're constantly questioning everything it seems like um i know like early on it was sleep deprivation really impacted my mental health um like the adjustment with me and my husband like 
how we are now a completely new like entity almost for this living thing and then now I'm seven months postpartum and it's like my anxiety all of a sudden I just going out into the world with her scares the crap out of me mm-hmm. um to yeah. like leave the house and like get ready and go to dinner and oh my god we have a 20 minute wait for the table is she gonna last am I gonna have to nurse her out in like can I do that am I confident enough like all these things yeah. go in my mind like diaper changes where are we gonna have like ah it's everything and so um it my anxiety yeah if you can feel it in in that in that moment it, it rises so yeah. I mean I don't know how many times definitely um when we talk about like taking her outside and wanting to like, expose her because we like nature and being outside and stuff um that I get texts from Courtney while I'm at work saying tried to walk outside saw a man walking turned around and said nope not today <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I was like, I think that person wants my baby. I'm leaving. No, thank you. Uh, but there's been some wins for sure the last couple of weeks of like going to the store and doing wanting errands to see mm-hmm. you too and, and stopping at work. And, and so it gets easier. It gets you easier. guys are in like a really, really hard part of it when it comes to leaving the house for sure. And um, Emily can probably type in too, but where we're at now, it's like a little easier but where you guys are at like I just remember how impossible it felt to go out and do anything I'm trying to really lean into it like I Mm -hmm. breastfed in the middle of an airy dressing room I breastfed at a ramen restaurant like yeah I was like whatever we're doing it and I was like if someone tries to tell me I can't like I'm just gonna ask them if they're they don't want my child to live because that's kind of what they're telling (laughs) damn (laughs) you're my hero and and even if you don't breastfeed like even just like the meltdowns Mm -hmm. or just Mm -hmm. it's it's all of it is the bottle gonna last is it warm any of that like oh there's so much yeah and sometimes, I mean, thinking about just the mental health aspect of this, the, the anxiety and uh, depression that sometimes occurs and other things is just the connection, too, with, like, that support person or your partner. Um, mm. A lot of times when that, that life shift happens, that big transition, your relationship with your partner changes because of whatever communication, because of the roles that shift, because of how the support that offer, that that's being offered or just all the experience of sleep deprivation like you talked about. Emily, or that anxiety and depression that you that you go through, just like that loss of like that feeling of having that child in you for nine, ten months, whatever, up to that, and then now they're outside of you. That's a huge transition mentally. And I'm I'm curious, like you know, obviously we can talk about our experience, but what that experience has been like for your partners and your relationships. Yeah, just like what changes you guys have seen in those relationships, or. I mean, I would say like the hard, like that's been the hardest, like the sleep deprivation hard, the figuring out how to breastfeed really hard, you know, like all of those things are all hard, but I think the hardest for me was just like the communication with my husband changed, like my needs changed. I mean, everything just Mm -hmm. see, and, and me concerning myself with all these things and then he's kind of nonchalant feeling. So then I'm like, you don't love us, you know, which is just not even (laughs) remotely close to it. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, when the timing of things, okay, we're on a two hour schedule, we're on a four hour, like napping is an out, you know, all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just completely changed how we interact, how we communicate. And um, that was kind of, I feel like the hardest. I think now we've kind of gotten over all of those humps and now it's just my anxiety. <laughs> I need to yeah. manage better. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in like a more unique 
situation where my my baby was a happy whoopsie (laughs) um love him so happy to have him but it wasn't something that was planned for so my relationship with his father really started with my pregnancy which it comes with its own struggles but it's also like this is the only life we know with each other so part of it is has been really positive because I don't feel like we've had to kind of battle with this loss of a relationship prior Mm. um of course like I said it comes with its own struggles like we are we are doing this getting to know ourselves in this relationship under the most stressful um conditions possible but Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's been like it's a trip. It's definitely a more unique situation, I would say. But overall, um, I think that we're really focusing on the positives of it as opposed to the negatives. That's awesome. I think for us, we it's just been a lot of like getting used to our new routine. Yeah. You can see, like uh, in the first two weeks when we were waiting for Rome's umbilical cord to fall off, David was like. So excited for bath time, like so excited. I wait to bring this up. And, and now, and now we are on a routine of bath time three nights a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And David hates bath time. He, I don't hate bath time. You hate bath time. You why? Why? I don't hate bath time. I think Does that Rome hate it. No, Rome, Rome, loves, Rome it. loves it. It's it's adorable. Okay. I don't hate it. I just think that. Um, David dreads the, like, interruption to the, our evening. I just dread the... When, like, obviously, I think the big shift around, uh, for me, right, and for us both, mm-hmm. is that we had our routines of what we did every night mm-hmm. and how... Like, like weeknights, week yeah. Weeknights and what we mm-hmm. did, and so, like, breaking that routine and, and adjusting has been difficult for me. I, I'm, a, I'm a creature of habit, um, for the most part, and so having to shift some of those things has been difficult, like, when I, especially when I come, I come home, and I'm like, okay... I want to hang out with you. I'll feed you and then uh, feed Rome. And then I'm like, okay, I want to sit. And it's like, oh, it's bath time. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, I feel like I've had time to myself. Yeah, he does like a nightly <laughs> bottle for her so she can get used to the bottle of like my breast milk. And he's just like, oh, crap. Now, like three nights a week. So I made a proposal this week that I don't think David loved. I was like, Mondays <laughs> is Mama Monday. You do a bath with mom. It's me and her time. I actually recently started doing like co-baths. So like I will like run a full bath and we get in it together, which she really likes. Um, and then Wednesdays is we Wednesdays. We all do it together, right? We both do it together with her. And Fridays is Father Friday and he does the bath by himself. And he was like, well, I don't know about that. Well, I, was, I was like, where, where did this come from? You kind of just sprung this like, oh, this is what we're doing. And I was like, wait. There is no conversation about this. Um, and, and and I think it's an adjustment. I think, um, f- like, for me, uh, a lot of just life changes, which, ha- you know, all have happened fast. And I think with all of those, like, adjustments, it is also difficult to mm-hmm. mentally and also, like, physically like, make all those adjustments of being like, everything's fine. And so... Yeah, the routine has been the hardest for us. Yeah. So I definitely think... And, and I feel like our communication has gotten a lot better mm-hmm. um, and more of an w- awareness for, uh, like, both of us when we are not effective in our communication and we're off balance and how we are able to like actually like notice it and call it out or put it in the room rather than just like notice it and be like okay and continue with it mm-hmm. i think that's definitely been a big improvement in our communication and supporting each other through this whole process and and yeah i agree that's yeah. a process it's a process 
What I want to talk about, ladies, as we're getting into the relationship of it, is this this six-week appointment. Mm-hmm. What about it? Just, like, how everyone's six-week appointment was, you know, what occurred at your six-week appointments. So, I thought, like, the six-week appointment was, like, they were going to physically check me out, make sure everything was, like, looking good, and, no, it was it was really just a mental health check-in. Like, how are we feeling? How are we doing? Are you feeling suicidal? Are you feeling depressed, like, depressive symptoms, like, anxiety, anything like that? And I actually had to ask for her to, like, physically check me out because I was so traumatized when I took the mirror down there. <laughs> um, and then she mentioned, like, birth control. And I was just like, I... I can't even think about birth control, pumping more hormones into my body right now. Like, can we just, like, let me, like, settle for a minute before we have this discussion? So that's kind of how my six-week went. Um, Did she talk to you about sex? Yes, and I was like, I'm good anyways, because I'm not... Listen, I have the Grand Canyon (laughs) happening. (laughs) We need to let that settle a little bit and maybe do like a Crater Lake before we move forward. (laughs) What about you, Cassie? What was it like? So my six-week appointment, oddly enough, was a telehealth visit. So So was mine! I also thought there would be some sort of like physical examination. I'm like, am I going to have to hold the phone down there? Or how are they going to check me out? Do I send them pictures? Um, but it wasn't like that at all. Kind of like what Emily said. Similarly, it was a lot about um, my mental health. They talked. To, they asked a lot how nursing and feeding was going, how my body felt. Um, we also talked about birth control. They did put in a prescription for me. I have never picked it up. Um, <laughs> like the pill? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I also, we talked about sex. I got cleared for that. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like the absolute worst time of my life right now. So I'm good on that front as well. But um, yeah, it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like in office, spread eagle. Um, <laughs> but no, it was a lot about, which I appreciate that it was, you know, mental health focused because I'm glad that it's something that they um, really prioritized. But yeah, that's mostly, and we talked about me. That's when we started talking about me getting back on my medication. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. My doctor definitely was like, you can resume physical activity. And I was like, okay. And sex and mine was telehealth as well. And she was like, if you don't want to have sex, tell your partner. I said, no. And I was like, thank you so much for being such a supportive doctor. I feel like I can just tell him I'm not ready. Yes, uh, we consent here. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, she was like, okay, good. I'm glad you feel like you can tell him. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I need to explore downstairs before my partner goes down there. Like, I need to know what's happening. And honestly, like, that hasn't even been a conversation that we've had in the last, like, seven weeks because things have just been like, so go, go, go. busy and yeah. go 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 Absolutely. and like that hasn't been a conversation that I've even thought that. in my mind of like oh hey when when can we you know get back <laughs> to business honestly it's probably been a thought on my mind more than yours so yeah, yeah. it probably has yeah. yeah I do wish that there might be like there was another couple check check ins yeah. because I feel yeah. like postpartum is such like a drastic change for birthing people and their partners or if you adopt a child like it's just such a huge change and I just wish that it was given a little more credit like this this I mean you've brought life into this world 
and we put so much emphasis on birth and Lamaze classes and learning how to breathe and all these things. And the amount of appointments you get during pregnancy. Yeah, you're going like, at the end, you're going, you know, sometimes every two weeks. And I just mm-hmm. wish postpartum was, uh, we had longer time off. We were taken care of more. Like, I just, yeah. They're like, oh. Here's your baby. Your baby's good. All right. See you later. Like, wait, what? I'm not prepared for this. And, wait, and honestly, I felt like. Was bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like six weeks I was still on such a high. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until later that I was like, oh, whoa, like I have this life, you know, and like yeah. getting out, you know, those things really start kind of get daunting. Um, so anyways, I just feel for all the early mamas out there too. Definitely. <laughs> well, then the kind of like. You go into, oh, well, first, one of the things I've never heard of, and Courtney mentioned it a couple weeks ago, maybe about three weeks ago oh, before no. the appointment, was like this this stitch thing. Oh, my gosh. Explain? My friend was like, oh, did you get the, is it the mama stitch? Oh, the husband stitch? Yeah, that, oh. okay, yeah. And I was like, girl, what are you, ta-? first of all, my female Gross. friend asked me that, love her to death. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, the extra stitch to like make it tighter down there for the man. And I was like, that's not a thing. I was like, I'm sure it's a thing that some men jokingly ask a doctor about, or like maybe some birthing people ask about, but like, no, they're not just going to stitch me for no reason without like telling me about it. And like, I hemorrhaged, as I said in our labor episode, like I had to get, I only had a second degree tear, but I also tore up into my labia. So like I had to have a stitch up there too. So it's like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't need any extra stitches, okay? Absolutely not. And I told her, I was like, no, no, no. It's not necessary. As most people are educated on nowadays, the vagina is a very stretchy muscle. It goes back to form eventually. And you do what you want when you're comfortable with it. Yes. When you are comfortable with it as a person who has that. Absolutely. Muscle. (laughs) Before we move into our weekly segments, do either of you have like one or two, like what you wish you would have known about postpartum? I actually, I'm sorry, before we go on, before that, I think what's important too is like, how do you also, how are you guys taking care of yourself? So like, mm-hmm. well, how are you getting help around all the things you talked about with anxiety and the physical things and the mental health? Like, what are you all doing to get help around that? Or what are the you know resources you've used? I definitely rely a lot on my friends um, and like friends who have babies like you, Courtney, um and my mom um i wish that there there was just an easier access to like lactation consultants and Mm -hmm. like i wish there was just like a phone number i could call to like talk to someone um i just feel like so in terms of that i just like i've just had to rely on my friends who've gone through it and my mom Mm -hmm. which is totally fine that's definitely helped my mental health um and then i think just trying to get out there, trying to like <laughs> push myself to do things to kind of get back to like this quote unquote new normal. Um, that's been helpful too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Little things, walks, like just baby steps, like mm-hmm. get the laundry in the washing machine and start it. If it gets to the dryer, that's also great. <laughs> yeah. I give myself like one task a day and if I accomplish it, I feel really, yeah, really proud of myself. Yeah. So I just baby yeah. steps. <laughs> You posted the other day a thing about, um, like, do we think I'm going to get this laundry folded? (laughs) My, my, like, gut reaction, I was like, 
fuck no, she's not gonna get that laundry folded. So I really wanted to vote no, and I was like, I'm not gonna throw that negativity into the universe. And then I love that you posted again, and you're like, thank you for the haters for like motivating me to get this done, like get this task done. So I think that's like so huge to just like pick something to take care of. Mm-hmm. But another thing to I, that really helps me is that. I just have to think about it's not going to be like this forever. And even from like when I was where you guys are at, Courtney and David, to now, it's so much different and like marginally easier that I know six months from now, I'm going to be feeling that way even more so. So while it's so hard right now, just try and like focus on the positive parts because I already miss my little eight week old baby. Like I already mourn the loss of him. Like I missed how small he was. I missed the things he was doing. Then even though then I would have paid 20 or I would have asked for like $20 for a rehoming fee for him. Like at the time. So Damn. Like, <laughs> recognizing how much it's already changed helps me keep a more positive mindset. And then, yeah, of course, leaning on support systems. I have a really small circle, but I love the people in my circle. And we all have babies now. Courtney, you have a baby. I have another friend who has a baby um, four months younger than Rogue, another friend that has a baby a month and a half older than Rogue. So, just leaning on the people around you when you can and medication. We love being medicated. <laughs> I feel like I also like to give myself a treat. I regularly am like, bah, I'm growing yeah. life. I'm helping her sustain herself. I'm going to go get myself a bag of chips or I'm going to go get yeah. myself a tea. Anything I can mm-hmm. do to just have a little pick me up. We drive to David's work, which is like 10 minutes away often like at least once a week and bring him a coffee and that feels good too sometimes yeah. so my dad yeah. coined this term he calls them micro breaks and then it's just like going to the market to get like a soda or like going to like get a dutch or whatever mm-hmm. and like those like little micro 20 minute breaks like really make a mm-hmm. big difference in my mental health absolutely so for sure yeah i think definitely i think there's also i'm really excited um the next couple uh, weeks we get to um, talk to some other organizations that work mm-hmm. with with birthing parents about postpartum um, depression anxiety um, we from therapists as well as some um, organizations that do like holistic health um, that kind of provide resources and groups to support um, postpartum and all the things that like the experiences that you have mm-hmm. and so yeah I know definitely I always encourage you know mental health uh, to talk to your primary care and, and also there's a lot of people that are willing to talk with you. Um, therapists that are willing to talk with you to help you through things and also your community and your, um, circle is really important. Everyone's kind of talked about having like a circle of people. Um, I know I'm prone to kind of bring a bunch of people together, but I just started like a dad's little dad's group of new dads. Um, just a way for us to connect and, um, Literally, we don't talk. We maybe like once a week we'll send something. Like this week was like a, hey, send a send a meme describing how this week went from you for you. And one of my friends was like, yeah, um, it was a, a meme about a guy getting kicked in the nuts. And he was like, yeah, I was in the store and my son decided to punch me in the nuts in the middle of the store, and it was really painful. <laughs> well, and I literal, literal. I tried not to. I didn't. I, I had the urge to react back, getting kicked in the hitting hit in the nuts, and I didn't. But that was kind of a really wild thing for me. And yeah, so, so yeah, definitely building community is important. <laughs> well, what would you guys say is one thing just for people who maybe are thinking about being parents or birthing humans, like one thing you wish you knew before about postpartum specifically? 
one or two things. Because I'm sure there's a lot. I guess for I would me, say, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. You're on it. <laughs> okay. I would say for me, it was how easy it is to get to a breaking point. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never, ever hurt my child, but like, I get it. When people get to that point, like you need a break. And before having Rogue, I don't think I could ever wrap my head around um, someone feeling like bitter or frustrated toward their own child, but it like you are pushed to your limits emotionally and mentally, especially with the sleep deprivation and you will surprise yourself. So, um, take that break when you need to take that break, put that baby down and walk into another room when you need to do that. But it like, it really, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. And everyone told me that. And I don't think I, I ever would have understood that until I was in the position, but it's really fucking hard. Absolutely. Yep. I think for me, the one thing I wish I knew about postpartum specifically is just how difficult the boob stuff is. Like mm-hmm. take all the support you can get and there is no failure in it and just do what is best for you because man, that stuff is hard. Yep. Mm-hmm. And even if it's, yeah, even if you aren't necessarily successful in breastfeeding, like you are you are doing what you need to do to have your baby thrive and survive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be healthy and happy and so yep. and that's your own mental health too is is that absolutely that, and so. pumping is hard and even mm-hmm. if you're not doing either of those two things choosing to use formula and dealing with all the backlash that people give you is also hard like people are rude and awful yeah. and that is sucks too so and all the pressure to continue when's the next one coming it's like motherfucker i just had the first one <laughs> what do you mean you're asking the next one's coming it's like chill out yeah i don't know if you, if you all have experienced that yet i mean i want another one so i'm like welcome <laughs> no, I, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i think for me one thing i wish i knew was just like there's no clear-cut answer to anything um like even like you mentioned nursing, it's like there's 50 different ways that uh, 50 different nurses will tell you or lactation consultants will tell you how to do it. Mm -hmm. And Google, as I mentioned, can be your friend or foe. And um, I just think that letting yourself know that it's okay to not have the answers because I think that my anxiety can also increase with like all the Googling and all the questions that I have. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just wish that I had been told that like it's okay to let it go if that makes sense and yeah. just be okay with like the sleep deprivation and I know that's hard to say now looking back but I wish I had just told myself like this will pass it'll be okay yes. trust my in- instincts trust my gut um these moments won't last forever um yeah I just kind of wish that I had known that like there's no there's no real clear answer to anything Absolutely not. Google, <laughs> one one website will tell you one thing and then another one contradicts mm-hmm. it yeah. Oh. I think I think for me, if I were to go back as a support person of um, mm-hmm. someone who's birthing a human, um, the little things count. The little things matter, especially during postpartum. It's really hard to feel helpless and not knowing like how to support you or how to help out, mm-hmm. um, and doing the little things. And um, I feel like I'm doing better at that, of course. Uh, little things around like you know cleaning the bottles mm-hmm. and yes. changing the diapers. And, in between feeds and making mm-hmm. sure the little things are done around the house. So really just like minimize all the other things you're doing in addition to keeping a human alive. 
Um, yeah, I feel like from our Instagram poll, so many people, like, support people said that, like, the number one thing that was so difficult in postpartum was the helplessness. Yeah. That and sleep, I think. Yep. <laughs> I think those yep. were the two that it was like, oh, that's so difficult. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I don't like feeling helpless either, so I can only imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we're going to enter our weekly winner woe. This is a time of this week that you've experienced something great or maybe not so great um, in your relationships as a parent or even in your personal life. So we're going to head on and uh, start with Courtney. I'm going to do a win this week and it is um, a win as a mom as well as I think just a personal strength win. I don't know if you get superpowers once you have been pregnant, but I had to go and pick up a package this week from the post office that we had delivered while we were out of town, and um, it was a very small post office, and I had Realm with me in her car seat, which all of you mamas out there know how heavy these car seats get as your child gets bigger, and even though she's not that large yet, it's still like a good little carry in one arm, and the guy brought our package out, and it was equally as heavy as her car seats or more and it was super big and awkward and I had to solo carry Rome and the package out to my car by myself and I barely made it but I made it and I was just really proud of myself for getting there. Nice job. job. So that is my win for the week. Um, I'm going to hand it. (laughs) Yeah, it was not the best. I promise you. I was like, I don't ever need to do this again. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you, Cassie. What do you got for us this week? So unfortunately I have a woe this week, but I'm hoping there are people out there that can relate. Um, this week, my baby fell off the bed for the first time. Um, he is, he rolls and he was asleep in my arms. My mom was coming over and I was like, you know, I'm going to go lay him down, um, on my bed so I can open the door for her. And so I set him in the middle of the bed. He was asleep. I run out to open the door for her. And I immediately hear him crying, not even 45 seconds later. And I was like, oh, shoot. He woke up. I'm chatting with my mom. And I'm like, okay, he's crying. I'm going to go grab him. I walk, open my bedroom door. And my heart was in my ass because where was my baby? Um, and poor little guy was on the floor. So uh, learn my lesson. Can He is on the move. Cannot set him somewhere. Um, and it was really sad, but yeah. that was a few days ago and so far he seems fine. Not, uh, no, uh, lasting effects, but that is scary. <laughs> that is really so scary. scary. <laughs> I can't imagine. I'm glad that he's doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily, what do you got for us? Um, I have a win this week. Um, I put on jeans twice for two different occasions. Oh, shit. Um, one was to go grocery shopping, and one was to get dinner, and I had a margarita. So Ooh, I'm going to count those as some good wins. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel on top of the world. You should. Yeah. And showers. for I, I mean, like, just stack them up. Like, yeah. yeah. I love this. Yes. <laughs> All right, David, you are up. You're going to round us out here. All right. I am going to share a win um, this week. I think... Oh, um, it was really amazing. Rome slept in her bassinet for about an hour to two hours. Uh, we've been really struggling um, finding the right um, like sleep sack for her to sleep in, and and she's really strong and has very strong opinions, which we love, uh, about what she's sleeping in. And so we finally found a nice little sleep sack. I don't know what it's called. 
Dream with me? Emily actually suggested it. Yeah. Oh, dream. Dream. Dream with me, something. I think. Yeah. Um, the ones with the arms up? Yeah. yeah. With the arms up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we tried that, and, and she the first night she slept for an hour, about an hour and a half in the bassinet, and it was amazing. Um, and we were both able to just, uh, actually like lay in the bed and not worry about like rolling over her or her, um, yeah, being in bed. And so that was great. And then she did it again last night for another hour. Another hour. So we're getting back into getting her in the bassinet. Um, Hopefully it'll be the crib soon, and um, yeah, that was a uh, that fingers was crossed. One. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you got this. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week and talking about postpartum. I know that it's seriously it is not easy, and it gets a little bit raw, especially to bring up for some people. And I just so appreciate both of you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having thanks for me. Us. <laughs> yes of course and i hope that um you guys can join us for future episodes and you know I, i'm so excited that y'all both have growing happy healthy babies yeah you too i love seeing all the updates of her so keep it up please oh yes we will yeah and um hopefully you know this was really helpful for listeners out there for those that went through this experience and it's nice to reflect a similar commonality of experience or for those that are thinking about uh, venturing into parenthood and um, hearing kind of all the things that, that happen after the fact. Um, we really appreciate um, you all being here. And so if there's any questions or comments, uh, definitely make sure to um, reach out either by emailing us at marcusfamily21 at gmail.com or sending a, um, an IG message to either of our Instagrams. Um, or doing a voice message to kind of share your thoughts about this um, episode or comments about a red, like an experience that you felt was similar to yours. Or your weekly winner will. Or your weekly winner will. Awesome. Well, we'll let you two go, and we will see y'all next week. <laughs>